Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning, world, and welcome into Trust the Tape, episode 10.16.2018. Welcome to the party. I'm Jeff Cavanaugh at JC1053 on the Twitter. You can hear me on 1053 The Fan in Dallas, Fort Worth, the flagship of the Cowboys and the Texas Rangers. Don't get it mistaken, Dane. Baseball is a thing. And the great Dane Brugler is my co host from the Athletic DF. No, not DFW. You're from Big Athletic, theathletic.com. You're a national guy. I am from the Athletic DFW. You are from Daddy Athletic. The great Dane Brugler at DP Brugler on Twitter. And the biggest thing we're going to do today is, I believe, are we doing the full unveil of the updated top 32, the big board? We'll definitely touch on most of it. Um, we probably won't unveil all of it, but t- definitely touch on the, the strong points. And this is going to go up on Wednesday on The Athletics, so I encourage you to check it out there. But uh, this is my... F- I, what I did is I did one in the preseason. We touched on that in one of the previous Trust the, T- Trust the Tape episodes. And then I wanted to wait, and I mean, we could do this every week where it's just all this fluctuation, but wanted to wait till midseason. We're halfway through October, halfway through the college football season, a good chance to make the updates. Plenty of new faces, plenty of newcomers based on the first half of the college football season. Plenty of guys that have fallen out, uh, including a couple of SEC quarterbacks. Oh, no! But still three quarterbacks included on this top 32 edition. Uh, it's dominated by defensive line, just like uh, you know the preseason uh, draft board and dominated by the SEC. Okay, so we have two choices. Shall we recap the weekend or shall we jump right into the board? And well, we got to touch on the weekend. Four top ten teams lose. Uh, plenty of surprises. LSU. I, I mean, if you're not a believer in what they're doing down there in Baton Rouge, I and mean, what's going to convince you uh, with, with the the quality? Wins I need the they quarterback have. to like throw touchdowns. Hey, he ran for two. Does yeah, that count? That counts. Yeah, I guess that counts. Uh, I mean, but. The, they just demolished Georgia. Uh, I mean, it, it was close for, you know, probably the first two quarters and just LSU ran away with it in the second half, uh, winning by almost three touchdowns. So Georgia's a good team, but what the defense did to shut down Fromm, uh, Greedy Williams, I, I really like Riley Ridley. I, I think Riley Ridley is a top five receiver in this Better draft class. Better than his class. brother, I'm sure. He's a little bigger than his brother. Uh, Will he jump further? I think he will. Yes. Yeah, that's important. It is you gotta, important. Your broad jump is is what matters. But at the same time, he greedy Williams shut him down for most of the game. Um, he did have a touchdown uh, later on, but uh, wasn't against greedy. So, you know, George is still a good team. They're still in this uh, in the race with this one loss. But credit to LSU for what they did. It's tough to go into Baton Rouge, come away with a win. Uh, Georgia was not able to do it. Well, Michigan went into Scani and. Beat them by 100. That's a nice little game there. Michigan in Ann Arbor, man, they're tough. And they look a lot different than the Michigan we saw week one against Notre Dame. So, Shea Patterson, just let him run. It changes things. I see nine carries for 90 yards and a touchdown. That kind of helps your offense. Let him use his athleticism. That's what he's best at. He has an arm, but he's still not uh, a consistent downfield passer. Uh, You can tell with his reads, with with his accuracy. 
it's just not there yet. Uh, and it slowly is getting better. The the Michigan team that we saw against Wisconsin is what I expected to see in the opener against Notre Dame. Uh, but hey, they're they're playing well, and they've got a tough one this weekend against Michigan State. But if they get past the Spartans, who had a big win against Penn State uh, in Happy Valley over the weekend, uh, it's going to be uh, set up for a nice showdown in the big game: uh, Ohio State, Michigan. Uh, First Saturday after Thanksgiving, that'll be fun. Okay, so the Big Twelve is a train wreck. Yeah, all right. Yeah, West Virginia got smoked by Iowa State, but yeah. Iowa State has one of my favorite players in the country, David Montgomery, the yeah. running back. He's Went terrific. For almost two hundred yards. And I first just, game back too. I just looked up numbers, mm-hmm. and I think he's under five yards carry in the season. I don't care. That's Iowa State. They can't block. They're probably outmanned. He also by both plays teams. in the Big Twelve where no one tackles. Yeah, that's a fair point. But just watching that dude play, I want him on he's my NFL, I want him oh, yeah. on my NFL team. Yeah, he's fun. I, I think he's he's a top five back in this class. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he's not going to be my top back. But I, who is going to be the top back now that Rodney Anderson at OU is yeah. out for the year? Rodney who? Anderson was the only running back that made the preseason top thirty-two draft board. Uh, now that he's done, and even if he declares, you know, with the medical history, the durability questions. Uh, you know, it's a probably, round. probably not going to be a top five running back. We'll see. But I, Damian Harris from Alabama, top senior, he might be the top running back when it's all said and done. A guy that I really like, Zach Moss from Utah. Uh, a guy that I don't hear a lot of people talking about him, but he, he's a angry, violent runner, balanced, quick. Uh, if you give him the rock, he's gonna he's gonna average you six yards a carry. Uh, in the Pac-12, so. Uh, he's definitely high on the radar. I think he's a chance to be a top 50 pick. David Montgomery's right there. Benny Snell from Kentucky. Uh, Elijah Holyfield. Georgia needs to get him the ball more. Evander son. Yeah. Get him the ball more. Uh, Anytime that somebody has an athletic parent uh, <laughs> that was famous, I assume they're going to be great at whatever they play. So I would give him the ball. Well, and he, you know, his dad was a you know, big heavyweight boxer, and uh, Elijah's kind of built perfectly for a running back. You know, he's got that compact sturdy build where he just ran over an LSU safety uh on Saturday but he had seven carries I don't know why the yeah, DeAndre Swift's outstanding don't get me wrong but I think they just they got away from the run game way too much uh and I get it LSU's a good uh run defending team with Devin White at linebacker uh what they have in the in the up front with uh Lawrence and some of those other guys but Georgia I don't know feed your feed your best players and that's uh some of your running backs so surprised to see that but no that's it's not a great running back group you know we've seen running backs go high the last few years couple in the top 10 this year you uh, can find running backs Dane well yeah you can I, find I, I don't I don't disagree and that's why there is not a single running back in my updated midseason top 32 uh okay so you and NFL people Wanted to see a Oregon win over Washington for Justin Herbert's sake, right? To yeah. have a big win yep. against a highly ranked program. And so there you have it. Overtime game against Washington and Justin Herbert, the quarterback at Oregon, is I'm just I'm looking around at the rest of the quarterbacks and looking forward to next April. Mm-hmm. And Justin Herbert, week in and week out, it's like, okay, yeah, he played well again. And everybody else, uh, well, Dwayne Haskins, yep, Ohio State. Haskins still there. He's still there. He's propping up Ohio State, who had trouble with Minnesota. Everybody else, I'm just like, oh man, this. Uh, we're probably not going to repeat last year where we had five first round quarterbacks. No, and I, I do have three quarterbacks in my top 32, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, but yeah, with Herbert, and it wasn't a phenomenal uh, performance by by Herbert. He he played better in the Stanford game, played better in the Cal game. 
but he still did enough uh, to help his team win. He had only 56% completions, just over 200 yards, but he made plays when they needed him to. Uh, on third downs, he was 7-12 for 85 yards. Both of his touchdowns came on third down. Uh, the one right before halftime was just beautiful. Uh, flushed from the pocket, rolling to his left. He was at the twelve yard, uh, the Washington 12-yard line, found his receiver in the corner of the end zone, threw a seed, it was a perfect uh, placement and credit to the receiver for making a beautiful hands catch and getting the one foot in uh, for the score. So Herbert, look, NFL teams are going to go nuts when he goes back to school. But if he comes out, he's going to be the top quarterback, which we've been saying since the summer. And and if he doesn't come out, we're going to have no quarterbacks picked in the draft. It's going to be interesting when you have teams. And you know, I've heard from a lot of fans that, well, a lot of teams got their quarterbacks last year. There's going to be teams that want their quarterback. You look at uh, the, the Giants, Giants, especially. Maybe the Broncos. The Bron- John Elway was at the game watching uh, Herbert uh, from the press box. Uh, if, you watch, if you watch Denver, you know they need a quarterback to groom for the future. Uh, you look at what's happening in Oakland. Derek Carr might be out. It's easy to get out of that contract. John well, they should Green. probably trade him. They're trading all the good players. You just, you, just go ahead and trade him. Nothing would be surprising with what happens with the Raiders right now with uh, what John Gruden's doing to that rat roster. Uh, so there's plenty of teams, and, and there's always surprises. I mean, the Chargers, Phillip Rivers, he's still playing at a high level, but at some point you have to prepare for the future. Uh, you just never know. There's always surprise teams, always stuff that happens in the offseason. So there will be quarterbacks uh, or teams that need quarterbacks. And if Justin Herbert decides to go back to school, which is, I'm, it is likely. Now I said this last year with Sam Darnold. It's likely he goes back. I think it's slightly above fifty fifty. He goes back. So I don't know if that's likely or not. But it's. it's and in that case, we're hoping that Dwayne Haskins would declare and, and, as and a guy who's been a one year starter, yeah, redshirt sophomore who needs more experience. Uh, you know, it's. I hope these guys make the decision that's best for them, not just based on draft order and what other quarterbacks come out. I mean, if you need another year, you need another year. Um, but with Herbert, the chance to play with his younger brother, um, you know, I think he's the thing with Sam Darnold last year. He finished that season and he looked around the ro- the the locker room and he, <laughs> he was saw like, what was coming. All right, yeah, I'm out. Okay. Now, I mean, they, they USC has talent, but they're all young guys. They're playing a lot of freshmen, a lot of young guys. I don't blame Sam Darnold for leaving when he did. With Herbert, though, it's going to be a little different. He's going to look around the, the the locker room and say, okay, you know, we have a chance to win the Pac-12 next year. And I'm going to have a chance to play with my wide receiver, tight end, uh, freshman brother who's a four-star guy. That's going to sound awfully appealing, especially because he's a Eugene kid. He grew up a couple miles down the street from Oregon. Uh, a chance to lead his team to a Pac-12 title if they don't get it done this year. That's going to be uh, you know pulling at his heartstrings. So don't be surprised if he goes back. Uh, so And if that happens... We'll be struggling to talk about this quarterback group. Uh, but, you know, like I mentioned, Jarrett Stidham, Drew Locke, eh, they're struggling. And Drew Locke against Alabama, I mean, it went about kind of what you would expect uh, on Saturday. Yeah, and how was that, Dane? How did old Drew Locke do? Well, like, it's it's tough. And you're talking about an Alabama defense with that defensive line. And that's what I wrote about this week in my NFL draft uh, recap on The Athletic. Those three three monsters on the Alabama defensive line, first of all, Quinnen Williams has been the biggest revelation, I think, of this uh, for scouts, just from a scouting perspective. He didn't have a start. He, he, he played a little bit off the bench last year. Uh, I mean, he, was, he, he showed some flashes when you watched Alabama, but he was not a starter. You did not really consider him. Uh, you consider him a guy with potential. But through seven games this year, he's been... 
outstanding. He's my highest graded player in the SEC. Uh, he's at, debuted at my midseason top 32 board at four overall. I mean, that's that's wait. A big, so he wasn't rise. on it. No, and now he's number four. Now he's, he went that high. He's been that good. So is he? Let me ask you this because I actually haven't watched him. I've seen Alabama play, but I haven't watched mm-hmm. him. Number ninety two. Is he a pass rusher? Yeah. Because okay, because I'm thinking back to uh, Jerron Reed, and right? Ashawn right. Robinson, Jerron and those Payne guys gave you a little bit of pass. He gave rush. you some. Yeah. Well, he looked like he should give you some. Right. Right. At least the traits. But you know these run stuffers. I fall in love with them because they're sure. fun to watch on tape because you can just dominate other 300-pounders, and it's fun. Right. But in today's NFL, if you're not getting after the passer, you don't have a ton of value. And that's why I'm not as high on Dexter Lawrence out of Clemson, who a lot of people like, think might be a top-10 pick. I mean, I still think he has a chance to be a first-rounder, but I'm not as high on him because he offers zero pass rush. Now, he helps everybody else in the defensive line, but uh, back to Quinn and Williams— it doesn't matter which tape you pull up. You watch the A&M tape. You watch the Arkansas tape. You watch against Missouri on Saturday. He is the quickest off the ball. I, I posted a screenshot of uh, one of the plays on Twitter, and it looks like it's Photoshop because he's no one's moving. The ball isn't. It's a, it oh, normally refs will call you off sides on that because uh, they get tricked. Yeah, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me if that happens uh, at some point, but... You know, Missouri obviously in a shotgun. The ball isn't even in Drew Locke's hands yet, and Quentin Williams is, and he's in the backfield. The guard has no shot when you have that type of snap quickness and the anticipation. And yeah, he's not just a power guy or a guy that surprises you. He has the quickness. He understands how to use his hands. Uh, he's not just a run stuffer, but he can also get after the passer. So he reminds me, and I hate doing this because you know Aaron Donald. No, no. Oh, okay. Uh, but you know, still a, a very good defensive tackle in the NFL. Reminds me a little bit of Gerald McCoy when he was at OU. Uh, just the way he could beat you with power, he could beat you with quickness, he could beat you with uh, the way he uses his hands. He had a nose for the football where he's he's uh, you know he's like a magnet to the football. Uh, it doesn't matter where the ball's going, he finds it. So Quinton Williams. Now we'll see how he finishes. He's only a redshirt sophomore, but if he plays like he does uh, or down the stretch as he did in the first seven games. He's going to be a high draft pick. Uh, he's been really impressive. Uh, but the other guys on that uh, Alabama D-line, Raekwon Davis, Isaiah Bugs, they're both top 40 guys. And so when you have that type of defensive line uh, at Alabama, I mean, good luck for opponents. It's, it's going to be a long day for your offensive line. Well, now with these top 10 teams losing across college football, how many teams do you have left that you look at and say, you know what, legitimate chance to be the champion this year? Obviously, Alabama. Well, to be the champion or make the playoffs? To be the champion. Mm. Now, you can't. I mean, we can't say it's just one team that has a shot. Alabama's no, no doubt the favorite <laughs> for sure. Right. But how many other teams have a legitimate shot? Georgia just killed themselves. I mean, uh, Georgia's not completely out of it. Just, I guess you run the table and you win the – if you – can they – yeah, they can get to the title yeah. game still. If you right. can get to the title game and beat Alabama, then sure. You right, they, can, they still have a path. Um, LSU has a path. LSU definitely has a path. They've got Alabama coming up here in a, two weeks, first week in November. Ohio State has a path. Absolutely. Ohio State has maybe the the easiest path to foresee just because they have the toughest. I mean, they Michigan State will be tough. Um, I tell you what, Purdue this Saturday, don't... The way Ohio State's defense has played, you... You worry about a Purdue this Saturday uh, because it's going to be a shootout, and Dwayne Haskins—he's going to get his. I mean, he's propping up that Ohio State team right now, but the offensive line has struggled to protect him, and the back half of the Ohio State defense is—oh, there are a lot of question marks. They don't have safeties. 
They don't. I Jordan Fuller, I like the. You're lot. playing with nine guys. Yeah, that's it, weird. That's what it seems like, at least. Yeah, uh, I like Jordan Fuller a lot coming into this year. He has not played well. Uh, corners have played up and down. The linebackers, not very good. So uh, Ohio State, it's all about Haskins. If he plays well, they've got a shot. Uh, but it's going to come down to that Michigan game, uh, and then probably Wisconsin in the Big Ten title game, uh, which they should be able to beat. Um, so we'll we'll see about Ohio State, but Clemson they've got a tough one this weekend against NC State, undefeated NC State. Uh oh. And I tell you what, NC State if you haven't seen them yet, good chance to check them out. We obviously talked about them at length last year with what they had in the defensive line uh, and everything else. This year they've got several NFL guys. Ryan Finley at quarterback, he's one of the top seniors. I I think him as more of like a third round guy. Um, I, I love uh, Harmon, their wide receiver. Uh, their Pratt, their middle linebacker is fantastic. On the offensive line, they've got two guys: the center and the left tackle uh, are both future NFL draft picks. So, NC State uh, against Clemson on Saturday is going to be a fun one to watch. And if they, if NC State knocks off Clemson, I, I don't see any way an ACC team gets in. Uh, well, what about NC State? I guess that's true. Yeah. Undefeated. Against, You're right. They are undefeated. Could so. they be? Could they run the table? I, yeah, I, you know, it's possible. The only thing with NC State is they haven't been tested yet. Right. Uh, they had the game against West Virginia canceled because of the hurricane. So now if they're able to go through the rest of the ACC undefeated, then I, I yeah, you're right. They they would get in. But as good as NC State has been. And if they do beat Clemson, there should be a stumble somewhere. Yeah, I still find it hard to believe they go through the entire schedule undefeated. But you never know; it's possible. And so, I don't think an undefeated uh, NC State would be left out. Notre Dame—they struggled with Pitt over the weekend, and you know, you look at Notre Dame's that Michigan game in the opener looks really good. Um, You know, the Stanford win, Virginia Tech win don't look as good as they would have in past years. Uh, but Notre Dame still, I mean, as long as they go undefeated, they're in. That's, you know, I think the bigger question is if they have one loss, how does that look? So, do you think the Big 12's done? You think they're they're toast? I mean, they're going to cannibalize they each other have, in November. Yeah. And I in think, West Virginia, I, Iowa State, credit Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell is such a heck of a coach. If It seems like way too many good Big 12 teams end up having big-time trouble with Iowa State. If I was a, any Power 5 team... And I needed to fill my head coach vacancy. Matt Campbell's my first call. Easy. And I'm going to throw whatever money I have from boosters at him to, to try to get him away from there uh, with so, what he's done. So Texas and Oklahoma have the brand name mm-hmm. to compete with whatever brand name you want to run out there. And they both have one loss. Come, if, if you can end the year with one loss, uh, then you need an NC State loss <laughs> somewhere, which sounds weird, but you yeah. need an NC State loss because you assume the SEC champ is in for sure. Uh, so one loss, Texas or Oklahoma, up against what? You won't jump undefeated Ohio State, undefeated Bama. Let's just throw those two in to start. Okay. Ohio State and Bama. Then what? What Notre, else do you have? Notre, Notre Dame. Dame, potentially. Right. I think one loss, Notre Dame, I would put a Big 12 champion over them if it's Texas or Oklahoma. And we, we talked about this a little bit last week, but yeah, you're talking about a 12 and 0 Notre Dame versus 12 and 1 Texas. And the thing that Texas 12 and 0 Notre Dame you might put in over Texas. The thing that Texas has going for it is, you know, that that loss was week one. And, you know, it's a long time ago. Texas is a much different team now. They're playing much better and, you know, all the, you can make all that stuff up. 
I'm looking at NC State's schedule. After, if they get by Clemson, Syracuse, which they, they should beat, but it could, should be a competitive game. Florida State, Wake Forest, at Louisville, at UNC, and versus East Carolina. So, man, NC State, you never know. They could, they could pull it off if they get by Clemson. But oh, Pac-12 is dead. It's going to be tough. I mean, what they just, it's not a very good conference right now. I mean, the only teams that could even finish with one loss are Oregon, Washington State, and Colorado. Right. Washington's already got two. Stanford's got two. The Pac 12 is dead. <laughs> it's going to come down to Oregon, probably. I mean, that's their best bet and to be a one loss conference champion. And their one loss being that Stanford debacle that they easily should have won, that it just a few mistakes here and there led to, uh, Led to the loss, so I think Oregon's their only shot at this point. But regardless, I don't. It's it's going to be fun because we're going to see. I mean, we had four top ten teams lose on Saturday. We're going to have more top ten teams lose each week, and it's going to you know the playoff picture now is going to look different than you know what we see first week in November. So uh, we've got plenty, and this is what makes college football so much fun. We got plenty more to talk about uh, second half of the year. Okay, what is uh, what do we need to hit on that's coming up this weekend before we jump into whatever you're willing to give us a sneak peek of your top 32? Uh, well, we mentioned NC State Clemson. Uh, that's going to be a fun one. The game is at Clemson, so not an easy place to go play Death Valley. Uh, but NC State has the veteran quarterback. They've got some dudes on defense. They can pull the upset uh, if they you know play some more football. We'll see. That's a 3.30 game on ESPN. Uh, early games, we got Michigan at Michigan State, Oklahoma at TCU. Uh, that, those will be uh, interesting games to watch. Later on, I mentioned Ohio State at Purdue. Don't sleep on that one. And Purdue as a possible upset there uh just the way ohio state's defense has played the way the offensive line has played you just never know uh oregon at washington state uh game day going to pullman for the first time that's gonna be a lot of fun and then i really only one of note mississippi state at lsu that's one of those stumbling block games where lsu is riding high after that win over georgia uh mississippi state coming in uh they've got the the horses to maybe uh, pull the upset and kind of ruin uh, LSU's high. So uh, some some quality games next weekend. All right, now the main event. What are you willing to give us here? Tomorrow on theathletic.com, you'll have the full updated top 32 board yep. for the NFL draft. Yep. Give me what you can give me today. Well, I want to know where quarterbacks are is what I really want to know. Justin Herbert I know is still going to be on there. Yep. Top three has not changed in terms of the the top three players from the preseason draft board. Okay, so Ed Oliver is still a top three. Uh, he's at number three. Uh, I I don't like. I've watched the guy play, so I know what a freak he is. Right. I'm just struggling with. I want my top prospects to have the measurables, have the tape, and have the production numbers. And he's not going to have the production numbers. Well, he had a heck of a well, game he on Saturday. Tackles for loss. He had five tackles for loss and two sacks on Saturday. Okay, so we're, so we're getting we're, it up there. We, yeah, exactly. We're getting it up there. Uh, Who did Houston play? Uh, was it East Carolina? I okay, so right. it I mean, counts. It, it's just it's tough when you're the be- obviously the best player on your defense and teams are gunning for you. You know, your production. Joey Bosa had five sacks his you know last season at Ohio right. State. It it can be deceiving at times. Ed Oliver to me has not done enough where he's going to fall that far. And Justin Herbert, and he was number two at the preseason. Herbert jumps up to two just because he's been outstanding. Uh, Nick Bosa still number one. Uh, the injury he had. Hopefully we see him in November. 
But regardless, it's not going to be a long-term issue, something that we worry about. Uh, Nick Bosa is not getting off that number one spot, at least at this point. So the other quarterbacks that are going to be on here. Yep. No uh, one else, no other quarterback uh, made the top, what, 19? Okay. And then at 20. Dwayne Haskins, I would assume, at 20. I have Dwayne Haskins 20. Yeah. It, it, listen, he's toolsy. He looks it's, good. It's hard to have firm conviction about a quarterback when he's made seven starts. Yeah. You know, he's he, he's passed every obstacle that's been in his way, and he deserves credit for that. That's why he's number 20 on this on this list. Uh, but for a guy that still struggles with, with pressure at times, the thing that worries me the most, he's not a nimble athlete. Like, he can move, but right. he's not a nimble athlete. And you have to be able to move around when the pass rush uh, gets to you and you're forced to move your feet uh, and it, just those second chance throws. He's done it here and there, but not with any consistency and his accuracy drops off uh, when he has to move his feet. But with that arm, and it's a special arm, and it's not just velocity, it's accuracy, it's ball placement. Uh, his touch is getting a little bit better. So for a player that's gotten better and he has such a small sample size, you do expect him to get better and better and better. And as long as he does that throughout the course of the rest of the season, uh, you know he's on the trajectory of being a first-round pick. Uh, and you know, we'll see. as He'll have an NFL decision to make after the year. Uh, I'm sure a lot of that will go you know ha- what happens the rest of this season but for right now mid-season mid-october he is number 20 on the draft board okay and then third quarterback third quarterback comes in at number 31 um acc quarterback the acc acc is it uh nc state from a basketball school is it duke yep Daniel Jones. Duke's got a quarterback for He us. does. I tell you what, you watch him and you see the mannerisms, not the, not necessarily the play. Let me make that perfectly clear. Not necessarily the play, but the mannerisms of Peyton Manning. Oh, I can do the mannerisms because the, of Peyton Manning. That, the I coach, can make jokes and try to play in a band with Brad Paisley on commercials. The coach cut lift connection, uh, yeah, you, you see that. It, it's just it's painfully obvious how much Daniel Jones watches Peyton Manning uh, within his play. He's not a big-armed guy. He doesn't have that elite arm strength. Now, he has good enough arm strength, but not elite. It reminds me a little bit of Kirk Cousins. Um, but Very smart, very cerebral, uh, understands where to go with the football. He can move around a little bit. I like him a lot. And, you know, it's not always going to be perfect play with him. A lot of that has to do with his supporting cast. But I think he's an NFL quarterback. As a redshirt junior, if he comes out... I think he has a chance to be a first-round player. Yeah, uh, a lot to like about him. He he jumps. He, well, entering the year, he was my number four quarterback. It was entering the year. It was. Oh, uh, you knocking down my guy, Will Greer, right now? Is that what's happening? Will Greer was number knocking five. down my guy. Why well, yeah. Well, what, what have we been saying about Will Greer? Uh, He's awesome. Is wait till November when he faces actual teams that will put pressure on him. What happened on Saturday against Iowa State? He was sacked seven times. They put pressure on him. And he, he, it was funny, you look at the box score and you, oh, the Will Greer. Oh, he was okay. They just, did, why he, didn't they run very many plays? Well, did he get hurt? And he, yeah. was, he was like 10 of 15. I mean, you know, he just, what's going on? And you watch, the, then you watch the game and you see how the pass rush got to him. He would hold the ball way too long. He was sacked seven times. They could not move the sticks. They could not, the, the uh, possession was w- way in favor of Iowa State. Uh, they could not do anything on offense, and it was just a completely different team than we were used to seeing the first half, or the first you know month and a half of the season. And that's really because what we've been saying: West Virginia didn't play anybody; they weren't tested. Finally, they were tested, kicked in the mouth, and they didn't know how to respond. And so it's 
that was my worry with Will Greer and with West Virginia as a whole. I thought we'd see it in November. Well, here we go. Matt Campbell gives it to us uh, here in mid-October. I still like Will Greer. I haters. still think there's some things. Bunch he, of haters out he there. He does things well. But, again, if you put pressure on him, if you force him to scramble, he's going to make terrible decisions. He's, his accuracy falls off a cliff, and that's a huge red flag. So he needs to finish strong now. now a game like this isn't the worst thing for him now. You know, work on some things, get better. So when November comes and you're facing Texas and Tech and uh, Oklahoma, uh, you can you know perform better uh, when the you have the bright lights uh, shining down on you. So Will Greer, I, well, like, like I said, uh, Daniel Jones is my number four quarterback coming in. It was Herbert, Stidham, Locke, Jones, and Greer. I think that's the top five coming into the year. Uh, now Jarrett Stidham, the way he's played, he's out. Drew Locke, I, I still I expect in three games in the SEC this year. He's completing forty eight percent of his passes. He has two touchdowns, and one of them is a rushing touchdown. He just has not been impressive. I, I know a lot of it depends on um, you know the defense that they've played. Uh, he's been without his number one wide receiver, Emmanuel Hall. But you still expect a quarterback of his with his experience, with his skill set. You still expect him to overcome those circumstances and play above. Uh, what we've seen. So uh, Drew Locke falls out. And Daniel Jones, he was my number four quarterback coming into the year. He's number three right now. He's deserved this spot. Okay, now one of the things that we don't hear or haven't heard a ton about this year is the wide receivers. I don't know if this is going to be a good class, great class, average class. How many do you have in there? Did anybody make it? Two made it. And this is a wide receiver class where I, I have yet to see a wide receiver where I feel confident that he's a top 20 guy. Um, you know, where you point to and say, yeah, he's going to be a top 10 pick, top 15, even a top 20 pick. I have not seen that guy this year, but I do think between picks 20 and like 60, we could see almost double digit wide receivers because there's plenty of guys. I've heard that before. This is last year. Right, exactly. There's plenty of guys you like, but they're just missing one thing that makes them worth uh, a top 20 pick. So AJ Brown, for example, he comes in at 28. He's the top receiver. Uh, He's predominantly a slot guy. Now, you like what he does. He's a strong route runner, strong hands, knows where the sticks are, very reliable. But there's no tape of him on the outside facing press coverage. And if you're going to take a big receiver like that, uh, you want to be able to see him on the outside and how he can do. We just we haven't seen that at the, up to this point. So A.J. Brown still good enough to get into the top 32. He's at 28. And at number 32, okay, this is where I had... I had three or four wide receivers I was considering here with this pick. Debo Samuel from South Carolina. I love Riley Ridley from Georgia. Um, I had our Sega Whiteside from Stanford, uh, considering him here. I went with Marquise Brown. The only, Hollywood. Uh, the only Big 12 player to make. I think he's the only Big 12 player to make the top 32. Uh, comes in at 32. Um, Rodney Anderson, the Oklahoma running back, was the only Big 12 player to make the initial top 32. Now it's Marquise Brown. So small. He is, and that's so what, fast. Well, and you know, I think when you look at Tyree Kill and what the Chiefs have been able to do. Teams are going to want to try and replicate that. And no, Marquise Brown is not the same size. He's about you. Got to be so special to do what Tyree Kill is. You doing. do because even John Ross, like he can technically right. run faster than Tyree Kill, but he can't. They just can't figure out how to make him impact the game like that. But that's not going to stop teams from trying, right? And with Marquise Brown, yes, he's fifteen, ten to fifteen pounds. Smaller than uh, Tyreek Hill doesn't have the same type of build, but we know he's fast. I don't care what conference you're in, uh, you know he's fast. And this isn't like a you, know, you look at Corey Coleman coming from the Big Twelve, undersized receiver, wasn't able to adapt. 
Marquise Brown doesn't know how to run routes. Right. Marquise Brown has special speed, and if you use him the correct way, you can get production out of him. So I I brought I put him in there at 32. Like I said, there's several other receivers I could have easily put here. There's going to be kind of a glut of these receivers in that 20 to 50 range, depending on which underclassmen come out. Um, we did lose one of the receivers who could have been a top 50 prospect, DK Metcalf from Ole Miss. Suffered a neck injury, unfortunately. He's out for the year. We'll have to see how that uh, not only impacts his uh, draft decision, whether he come, you know, stays or goes, but if he does enter the draft, are there any long-term effects with a, a serious injury like that? So uh, we'll find out about that. But, yeah, wide receivers, only two of them made it, A.J. Brown and Marquise Brown, and uh, none in the first 27. Offensive line. Offensive line, uh, no big Changes there, top two tackles uh, being Greg Little from Ole Miss, left tackle, and then Jonah Williams, tackle from Alabama. I believe those are the only two tackles that made it, or only two offensive linemen that made it. Okay, stop letting me interrogate you, or I'm going to get all 32 players. You just give me what you want to give me. Otherwise, I'm going to go position by position and get them all. Well, let's go with uh, some newcomers uh, based on what we've seen uh, so far this year. I think one of the biggest risers has been Josh Allen from Kentucky. Uh, the poster child this year of why it can be beneficial to go back to school, work on the things you need to work on, and become a much better player. Josh Allen's 20 pounds heavier. He's not only playing better, he's playing stronger. Uh, He's expanded his pass rush moves, and he has deserved a spot in the top 10. So he made it a number nine overall. Um, Who we got here? Some corners, uh, newcomers this year, or in this edition, Byron Murphy from uh, Washington, who second week I wrote about in the second week of of, uh, of the season uh, he was outstanding. Uh, I, I almost considered him in the first uh, top thirty two. He definitely made it this time. He's in the top fifteen. Uh, Jachai Polite from Florida, the edge rusher who is raw, but when you have that speed, you can impact the pocket and you're going to go high uh, if you can do that. So he comes in at number sixteen overall. Um, who else have we got here? Uh, DeAndre Walker from Georgia, pass rusher who, you know, Lorenzo Carter last year, Davin Bellamy, he, he kind of waited his turn this year as a senior, and he's he's taking advantage of his chances. Uh, not only gets a run, rushing the passer, he's just he's all over the place. He can uh, not just speed, but he, he can he can stack the point of attack. Uh, he, he can hold up versus uh, offensive lineman blocks. So DeAndre Walker's earned a spot in the top 32. He's in there. Uh, he comes in at number twenty nine overall. Okay, now that you got to stop now. Okay, you got to you got to save it. Yep. You know, I, I think that you're that's pulling a good... out a salary. You got to you got to chill out a little bit. Well, it's, for just a minute. The great thing about the athletic is, you know, it doesn't it doesn't really matter about clicks. You know, it's, it's about quality. Yeah, exactly. That's how they get guys like us. Exactly. Super quality. That's what I'm talking about. You could go on there today and check out the tale of the tape of Dak Prescott and Cole Beasley if you're a Cowboy fan. I oh, wrote nice. that this morning. Uh, So, yeah, all right. That is outstanding stuff from Dane Brugler, and uh, I was here, too, to give him a break from talking once in a while. And we will talk to you guys next week on Trust the Tape. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.